Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Journeys with Jen, and I'm Jennifer Griego. And I climb like hell through the brush and the bramble. Even though I had my doubts, told myself don't look down. And I turned that hill into a pile of gravel. It was only a Today I am here with a good friend, uh, Patrick Scrollian, or if my dad likes to manipulate his last name, but we're not going to talk about that. I do not. Eddie Corona does. Mm, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, Pat, how you doing? It's been a little bit since we've seen you. Yeah, I'm doing good. Just uh, living life. Just trying to make the best of it. Yeah, yeah. How Have you gone on any, any hunts lately? Uh, yeah, I just went to uh, Alaska with Ron. Oh, that's our, right. Fun. Yeah. Just yeah, got you, done with that one. You got a moose and you got a, a black bear. Cinnamon colored, right? Yeah. Or brown? Chocolate? What was it? Yeah, it was, it was a cinnamon black bear. Yeah. Crazy. Fun times. How was that? How was the hunt? Oh, it was it was a blast to get to, you know, just kind of go up and been such a busy hectic year um so mm-hmm. that's kind of my cut loose that's my vacation so it was yeah. it was you know alaska was such a beautiful state and it's always nice to get back up there and hunt and, and uh you know and to to harvest a moose like i did was uh, on the first day mind you was awesome pretty, pretty amazing yeah, that's awesome. yeah ron says that place is pretty phenomenal for moose it's insane he uh yeah we both cut 60-inch moose, and, uh, yeah, there's, I can't even explain how many we saw. There's wow. tons. It was, it's a great place to hunt. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't hunted moose, but sounds like a pretty fun time. She doesn't need to hunt moose, Patrick. She's, <laughs> she got four animals last week or something like that. It's, uh, it's out of control. <laughs> Not last week. Yeah, she's turned into a killer. A little bit. It's crazy. We're going on the deal now. It's the boys' turn. It's their time of year. They got a couple tags. And my dad has a couple tags. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody should get one deer, six or eight. I mean, you know. Yeah, Yeah, unfortunately, I told Jennifer she's now just a regular schmo. She's not getting any more tags from Eddie Corona and Outdoor Experience for All. So she's like the rest of us. She has to draw her tags, just like all of us in Arizona, through the lottery. And so she might want to start hunting prairie dogs. Yeah, Grand Slam of Prairie Dogs, right, Dad? Perfect. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Well, why don't you in- introduce Patrick? All right, well, Patrick, I met two or three years ago. More than that. Three or four? Five or six. Anyway, a couple of years ago. Um, and I was, I'll have him talk about his story. He's a wounded warrior, um, and his story is very inspiring to me, Um he helped me when i was just starting out on my grand slam journey he's always been a big supporter and someone i love to hang out with joke around with um and even just like have serious talks you know um but he is a great guy and i will have him talk about his story and how he got into the military and um how he got injured and things like that but he is a great guy i love him so much he's an inspiration to me and many others 
Um, and I'm so thankful to have him as a friend and have him on this podcast. I'm really yeah. excited. Patrick is a humble guy. He is uh, truly an American hero. Mm-hmm. And I think this is from your, okay. your resume, Patrick, in this, this audio clip. I have been stabbed, shot, <laughs> poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. That's actually from uh, Groundhog Day, but it sort of sounds like your <laughs> military career. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, it's just a couple of things. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, Patrick, so I watched a couple of your videos, um, again, like the one for Wild Sheep and um, the Wounded But Not Broken, um, and I had seen them before, but I was watching them again to get questions and stuff, and your story inspired me, like, again, even though I'd heard it multiple times, like, I love hearing your story, so, um, and I will link the videos um, in the show notes, but can you just give us a brief about how you decided to go into the military, and then kind of your experience through that and then um we can get into a little later uh your injury like the story of your injury yeah yeah for sure um well and um on march for um one sorry and uh right before september 11th uh i i went out to west texas and i was playing a crop duster um that was kind of my my dream uh getting out of high school it was kind of the family business and you know it's pretty exhilarating uh profession uh mm-hmm. to say the least and so uh, I was out there for about four months, and I was, I don't know, I had a stroke of bad luck, and I had like three engine failures in a month and a half, and, wow. and uh, I mean, you can only test fate so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I never tore anything up. The worst thing I did was hit a stop sign, landing on the road. Wow. Um, but the day, day of September 11th, uh, I'll never forget it, I was spraying a 482-acre field uh, just uh, south of La Mesa, Texas, and um when I came back to get another load, uh, the first airplane that hit the World Trade Center, and, um, uh, you know, at, at first nobody knew what was going on, and, and I'm, I was trying to make money, so I got back in the airplane and, uh, and went out and put the other load out, and I came back, and the second one had hit, and I found out what happened. And, you know, I was so pissed off uh, that, you know, we got attacked, and, and, you know, after watching the videos of people jumping out, out of the buildings and mm. on fire, and, and uh, it, I, I, I can't explain how pissed off I was. And so I made my decision that night that I was going to go join the military because I knew we were going to war, and I wanted to be a part of it. Um, maybe that's barbaric, because some people say that I really don't care. Um, that's what I felt, and that's what I wanted to do, so that's what I did. And I joined the military. Um, I went in as, a, as an infantry guy. And, uh, and this was Army? This was Army? Army, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I went in as an infantry guy. Uh, you know, I wanted to kick indoors and, and be, in, be in, in, in the mix of it. So I went to airborne school, and I went to Fort Campbell. Uh, I went to air assault school, and I immediately deployed. So, I mean, okay. all with the getting out of that within uh, two months, I was I was in Iraq. So I How just old were you when girl. you got out there? Uh, 20... I was 21, 21 or 22. I don't, I don't remember. I'm not good with dates, but okay. around there. Uh, I, my daughter, Paige, my oldest daughter, Paige, was just born. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was, was a very difficult decision for me to to uh, to make. And mm-hmm. uh, But I just felt like, you know, I was trying to do what I thought was right. And, and uh, so I did it and went to Iraq. And I did 14 months on my first deployment as an infantry guy. Wow. And, man, that's the hottest place on earth. I walked so much and sweated so much. I was mm-hmm. tired of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I, uh, especially seeing the helicopters flying over my head every day, I'm thinking, shit, I can fly one already. Why am I not doing that? And so, I uh, 
I went to, I came out of that deployment, went straight to flight school and, uh, graduated flight school and I flew, uh, OH-58D, a scout attack helicopter. Mm-hmm. And, um, I went back in 2006, late 2006, uh, for my second deployment and, uh, March 1st of 2007 was the night that really changed my life. Um, you know, I was involved in a really bad crash and, and, uh, yeah, my left leg was amputated, uh, not initially above the knee, it was below the knee, but my knee was all messed up, so uh, inevitably they had to go above the knee. Mm-hmm. Um, I had nine fractured vertebrae, my pelvis was broken four or five places. Um, I, I mean, I, I died twice, I was dead five minutes the first time, three minutes the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took, took three and a half weeks, three and a half weeks, I think, to get from Iraq back to the States because I wasn't stable mm-hmm. enough to make, make the flight. So I went from uh, Kirkuk to Balad. I stayed in Balad until I could make the flight to Germany. When I got to Germany, I stayed there until I could make the flight to the United States. So uh, once I got to the United States, I went to Walter Reed. And I was there with all the controversy. And, you know, a lot of that was real. My family wasn't really happy about it. I didn't really know what was going on. I was on so many damn threats that everything felt fine to me. I didn't even know I was missing my way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So... I know the the turning point was I had some metal in my back holding me together that wasn't evidently wasn't the right kind of metal or something I don't know but they gave me an uh, MRI and pulled the metal out of my bones and I remember hitting the uh, emergency stop thing and the guy started laughing at me and he kicked it back on and I hit the emergency stop again and finally my brother lost it and uh, like two days later we uh, made it, we we came to from Washington to San Antonio and um, that was kind of a blessing in disguise because once I got to San Antonio. They did their initial checks and everything, and I had the, um, all the types of bacteria that you have that causes the really bad infections from the dirt. Wow. There. And mm. um, they, uh, I mean, it was really bad. I mean, they, they actually brought in the head uh, infectious disease guy for the, the whole military to, just to treat me. Mm. And um, so I was, I had to do a surgery. I was going through a back surgery every other day for three and a half weeks. So oh, in total, in total, I've had. Um, 32 back surgeries and uh, 54 total surgeries. Um, wow. You know, laying in the hospital beds and hearing the doctors telling me what I could and could not and would and would not ever do again. You know, I'd laid there and just got pissed off. And, and uh, I got motivated and, you know, once I got released and I could, um, you know, start working out on my own, I mean, I just, I dedicated my life to that to get better. I had to put everything else aside, which kind of sucked. And, um, but, you know, I had, I felt like for once I just needed to concentrate on me mm. and it, you know, it paid off. I mean, I, uh, I'm not, I, I flew again really, really quick after I, after I got my first leg. Um, well, actually I flew, I flew in and flew the airplane and my knee hit the dash in the airplane. So I went back in and that was my last surgery. I made him cut my leg higher so my oh. knee could be even, mm. um, that was with a lot of argument. The doctor didn't want to do it, but um, it worked out good. So, and then I just I started in on uh, finishing up uh, all my uh, civilian rating and helicopters, flight instructors, and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, and then it was just kind of a, it's kind of just been pressing for it ever since. Um, that's a, the real short of it. Patrick, what was the um, the the crash initially? Was it were you shot down? Was it a mechanical failure? What happened? Yeah, it was just one of those deals, like one thing leads to another, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a, just a very 
very bad situation, essentially. And uh, it just uh, is what it is. It's meant to be, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, my dad and my mom both have stories about being told you can't do something or you're not going to be good at this and you're not going to end up to this. And I remember watching one of the videos you were saying that like you were told you weren't going to be able to walk without crutches or walk without a cane or fly again and being told you can't do something. And I think it, there's two different ends to this. Someone can either hear that you can't do it and then give up or hear that you can't do it and get pissed off and be like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Uh, and I think that being pissed off and the motivation to prove them wrong is the better alternative. Um, obviously you have pushed through and you've gone on mountains, you've gone on sheep hunts, you know, you've done the whole nine yards with your leg and you fly again, you walk without a crutch and everything. So I definitely think being told that you can't do something and being able to turn it around to prove them wrong is a good kind of way to take that instead of giving up and be like, okay, you're right. I'm just going to give up here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the only way, uh, that's the only way you can do it. You know, there, I was really scared there for a while. I couldn't feel anything. I could have, uh, I mean, I didn't have any movement. So I, I mean, you know, you lay there and you're like, you know, shit, is this really going to, is this how it's going to be? Mm-hmm. But slowly, you know, all that stuff started to come back. And I just told myself, I'm like, there's nobody's going to tell me I can't do something. And yeah. so, you know, what you're only limited to, to your drive and, and what's in your head. So uh, there's nothing I don't think I can do. So it's pretty easy for me. Well, that's awesome. And I think that's really what separates people who get the most out of life and become leaders and successful is how you how you um, respond when you've been uh, hand adver- adversity because there are a lot of people that look for the easy way out and they say well this is my way I can have an excuse and not have to go through the uncomfortable times and the difficulties because you know you're Patrick you're an example of somebody who has persevered and taken on the challenge and the difficulties uh, head on and empowered through them but you know I'm, I know you're not going to sit here and say it's easy because it's not it's it's difficult to get up and deal with frustrations and pain and limitations and and your mortality and you know relationship issues all those things that come with dealing with something that's been thrust upon you um but it it makes you a stronger person it makes you realize your potential and um you know our our hats off to you for how you've handled those things but and i know you get i know you're um political and i know you're strong-minded and i know that you believe in people persevering and I know you've seen a lot of people who didn't take the same approach to challenges that you have and um, you know Jennifer and myself and you know our family share the the um, the goal of uh, pushing yourself and dealing with you know you get dealt a, a, a hand of cards and it depends on how you play it but uh, there are a lot of people that don't take that way that don't take the same approach and they are happy being unsuccessful or not happy but uh, complacent with it so what are your thoughts on on approach yeah, to life and know, difficulties that's, that's an unfortunate thing because everybody does look, look at it like that you know every, some people look at it like you know they're only worried about that disability check or you know they feel sorry for themselves or they uh, you know they sit around and, and why me all the time and I'm not saying I never did that because I did it first but I quickly realized that that wasn't going to make me better and um, I think, uh, you know, I, re- I don't think that any of us know our potential. Mm-hmm. I think you're only limited to what you set your mind to. And if you set your mind to something, you want it bad enough. There's nothing you can't accomplish. 
And, uh, you know, one of the quotes that I read laying in bed, I couldn't even move, I was laying in basically a full body cast, and I remember reading this quote, and, and it's the, the measure of who we are is what we do is what we have. And, you know, it really stuck with me, and I'm laying there thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm still breathing. I can, I can still move. I mean, there's no reason why. I just, yeah, I mean, I have to alter my life a little bit. It's going to be different. But, you know, you just close that, that it's close, you know, starting a new chapter of your life. I mean, you know, now it's different. Now you got to figure it out. And so um, that's kind of how I approached it. And, you know, the, the harder it was, the more determined I got. And, um, you know, I'm very fortunate to be, uh, to, to have that thought process because a lot of people don't. And, and I, I feel sorry for them. And it, it's hard. And you can't really, you know, you either have that kind of, that kind of uh, gift or whatever you want to call it or you don't mm. you know um, I just I've never been the one to lay around and and have somebody do something for me or uh, it's always been me I've always relied on me because that way I mean I'm, if I let me down I can only be mad at me you know so um, I don't know it, it's, it is frustrating though because there are people that, uh, that that it beats them and it overwhelms them and it consumes them and they can never move forward from that. And that's a sad thing. You know, I, I, I'm always trying to help people like that and try to encourage them. And, you know, but sometimes people don't want the encourage, encouragement and, you know, there's nothing you can do for that. I mean, that's just, um, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, we've known you for years, and I know that you have inspired a lot of people. You've inspired Jennifer. We've seen you speak at... Um, at large functions, you spoke at the Wild Sheep Foundation. You spoke at uh, the Arizona oh, Desert Bighorn Sheep Society. You spoke at Outdoor Experience for All, mm. and you have inspired a lot of people to push themselves. And I and I'll push back a little bit on what you said. I don't know that necessarily people are born with that motivation to endeavor past adversity because you don't really know what you're going to do until you've been put in that situation. And sometimes it takes the person, the person that's in that position. It takes them being inspired by somebody or being pushed by somebody mm -hmm. to realize their potential. I think that particularly in this country and in this time, there are so many people that are uh, think they're unique, think they're delicate, think that they're you know just being an American citizen. They're entitled to things, and they a lot of those people don't realize their potential. But there are a, there's a percentage of people in that group that when they do have adversity. They find something within themselves they didn't know was there, and they can push through it. And there, it can't be uh, overstated how important it is for someone like yourself or like Jennifer and like a lot of the Wounded Warriors that we've met um, to tell your story and to show what you can do when you're pushed because it can motivate the person that may not otherwise find that on their own and find it within themselves. And Je I know Jennifer has been approached several times after her speeches by people who are you know, um, facing adversity with their health or with um, relationship issues or their job or addiction or whatever it is, and they tell them, you know what, I listened to your story, I realize I don't have anything to complain about. And I, I think it's in your video, and I know that mm -hmm. we talk about it a lot with with Ron, Ron Raboud and the Wounded Warrior Outdoors. You see what, you know, when someone who's a healthy, you know, vibrant person like you were, and suddenly you've you've faced death, you've you've overcome, you know, your mortality, you've been shocked back to life, and then you have um, physical limitations, and you power through it, it, it gives you perspective um, to say, you know, what, what the average person is dealing with 
that's there that's consuming them as a bad day or adversity they really don't have much to complain about because you can get through that it's not like you're having to learn how to walk again or you're learning how to deal with you know bolts and screws and rods in your back limited mobility and chronic pain and all those things um there's a lot that the human being can overcome if they're properly positioned and they uh use their mind and the and the skill set god gave them to do things and you've I know you've done a lot to help motivate people. Um, yeah. I think it's important in this day and age to have people like that. So yeah. good on you, as they say <laughs> in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess I kind of misspoke a little bit. I think everybody has that ability. It's just learning how to tap into it. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, there's there's people that motivated me through the process. And, and you know, and the way that it motivated me is uh, Andrew LaRake. He's an Air Force pilot that lost his leg in a, a motocross accident. And he was the first amputee to get uh, put back on flying status, or maybe not the first, but he was, he was really close. And, you know, he, he inspired me, and I, I just looked at him every day. I'm like, well, shit, if he can do it, I can do it. I mean, there's, there's nothing that's going to, I mean, if they can, you know what I mean? If they can stop right. him, they're not going to stop me. And so, yeah, I mean, I think everybody has the ability. It's just, you know, some people, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you can only help somebody that wants to be helped, and I want to help everybody that I can, and, and I think I'm I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to start doing as many speeches as I can, and, because I, I enjoy it, and I, I enjoy touching people and, and sharing my experience, and and uh, you know I'm proud of it. I mean I'm proud of what I've done, and, and um, it's uh, you know it's it's just you know even with my my kids, I mean it's it's inspired my kids, I and mean, I got my uh, stepson, and he's getting ready to go in the NFL, and you know and he, we talk about it all the time, and. You know, he, I think I think he benefited more than anybody from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about him a little bit. Give a shout out to the listeners and stuff. And he's at Texas Tech. Am I taking over your podcast? Well, host? yeah, you kind of are. I was going to kind of try and say <laughs> something, and you're just cutting me off. Well, we will talk about uh, your stepson. And I just wanted to bring something up while we're still talking about like the inspiring other people. I think it's really cool how, like my dad was saying, like I've inspired people. Pat, you've inspired people, including me, and especially like my relationship with the Wounded Warriors where we kind of inspire each other in a way where I see you guys who were normal. You had just like normal people issues and then all of a sudden you go through something traumatic and you lose a leg, you lose an arm, you get a brain injury, any of those things. And you guys have to, it's life-changing. And then I'm just someone who's gone through something my whole life. Like I have CF and that's, I've always had it. I'll always have it. And it slowly kind of changed. And sure, I get lung infections and that's a little bit, different but for me i grew up like this and it's always been something that i knew i would have and so you guys inspire me because you've gone through all of these things and still managed to go get through it and go hunting and have like joke around and so it's cool to me how i've inspired people who have like things like that like i inspire you guys tell me that i inspire you and i love hearing that and it's just because to me, you guys have gone through so much. And then I feel that I've, and what I've heard is that to you guys, I've gone through so much. So I think the whole dynamic of like being able to inspire other people, even someone that has inspires you, it's just kind of like this revolving circle of inspiration. And it definitely helps to push through because if I see you guys, I'm like, I don't have anything to complain about. They have their issues. I have mine, but I'm used to mine. Like I can push through it. And so I think the whole kind of circle of inspiration really helps us get through the issues that we have to get through. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, uh, 
you know, I mean, that's, that's just what it's about. I mean, I think everybody in, in, in life goes through slumps and, you know, it's rock bottom at one point or another and, and it's just coming up out of it. And, you know, you're always looking for that, that, uh, you know, next inspirational piece to help you. And, and I think that's just human nature, but, you know, another great, another great quote, uh, I think is, um, that, you know, everybody has disabilities. So it's not the disability, it's the ability. So it's the ability of that person to overcome the issues and, and whatever. And everybody does it differently. People, mm. people get inspired by different things. People inspire themselves. People, you know, they have, they have a huge support system for me and the other wounded guys that, that have overcome all of this stuff to, you know, to be the support system for them guys that, that don't have, you know, I try to do as much as possible. Um, and, you know, I mean, everybody has, has stuff going on in their life. So I don't, I don't ever think that, you know, I, I signed that paper, uh, to do, to do what I wanted to do, what I thought was right. So I, I never have sympathy from anybody, you know, I was willing to give my life for this country and still would. Mm. Yeah, one more thing that I kind of forgot to mention, but when I was watching your videos today, I was kind of like setting up to ask you questions, and one of the things you said was that you wanted your kids to look back at what you've done and say, damn, I can do anything, and it, um, right after I heard that, I paused the video and took this note down, because I've heard your story multiple times, and I've watched the videos multiple times, and I remember the first time I heard your story, I was going through IV therapy, and I came late to your, kind of in the middle of your speech, because I was doing my IVs. And just hearing your story was so inspirational to me and everything that you've gone through. And it definitely inspired me. It was even before I went on this sheep hunting journey um, when I heard your speech. And it inspired me then and it still inspires me now, um, which I know I just talked about. But I just want to mention that because your story definitely inspires so many people. And like even still when I listen to it, I'm like, damn, go Pat. Like you're killing it. I mean, you got to play the hand you're dealt. I mean, you can't. Mm-hmm. At this point, I can't change it really. I just got to play it the best I can. So, and uh, yeah, I mean that was that was a big motivational factor for me. And so I didn't want to. I didn't want my kids to let me see that I was beat mm-hmm. or that I was suffering or, um, you know, because they're gonna run. They're gonna get into rough times in their life, and, and you know, I just want them to look back and say, you know, I mean, shit. Look what my dad went through. I mean, if he can do that, then I can ace this exam or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Um, in Terrence's case. Uh, in high school, he was, um, you know, he... And that's Terrence, that's Terrence Steele. Just so... Terrence Steele, yeah. yeah. He's, so the he's the right tackle. Right, go he's ahead. The right tackle, he's the right tackle for Texas Tech, number 78. Um, in high school, he, uh, you know, the coaches didn't have a lot of confidence in him, and so that that that's when Sheep Shape came around. That was my first uh, season of Sheep Shape, and so mm-hmm. uh, but I wanted to kill that show. I mean, I wanted to... I wanted to get on the mountain, and I wanted people to be like, holy shit, look what this guy's doing. And, like, and so I trained my butt off. Mm-hmm. And in turn, I just tried to encourage him. I'm like, hey, man, why don't you come and just start working out? And so he did. And he turned into a beast. And, um, you know, I always had the utmost confidence in him, and I knew that he was going to do great things. And, and I remember his uh, offensive line coach from high school come in and sit down at the table and, and said that he wasn't good enough to play at a Division one school. And I can't explain to you how that, that pissed me off. And I, I just told him, I was like, man, we, I mean, we don't need to talk. So we started doing our own research and sending out tapes and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, he got a bunch of Division One offers. I mean, he's up going to Texas Tech, and he's in his last year now. And he's, I mean, he's going to go in the draft this year, and he's going to play in NFL football. I mean, awesome. you know, and I know that him and I, him and I have had discussions about, 
you know, my injuries and how I overcame it. And, and, you know, he's explained, you know, how much it helped him. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, because, you know, just like football practice, it's just like being in the military. I mean, they're going to yell at you. You're going you're gonna to get punished a little bit. But, you know, the day's going to be over. I mean, it's not like they kill you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you just take it one day at a time and, and uh, just make the best of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think... I think he benefited so much from from that, and so if he did, and that's truly the case, then everything was worth it for me. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, the inspiration goes around and fits. Kind of anything, it anything can really ins- inspire someone to do, whether it's football from your injury or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. So kind of off a little bit from your injury, what have you? Well, hang on, before you start that, what, what do you think that your chances are that, or Terrence's chances are, he's going to wind up? In Arizona with Cliff Kingsbury, I think I think they're pretty good at this point, but you know we'll see. I mean, it, right. at that point, it, it just depends on how everything lines up, and you know I, I'm out of the picture now because I really it's way above my head, and he's got the you know he's got people it's his best interest at heart. And, you know I'm just there for support now. There's no more guidance from me really, hmm. um, right? Because that's a, that's in a, that's in a realm and that's with numbers that I I, I can't really fathom. So, gotcha. I'm sorry, Jen, go ahead. Get back to your podcast hosting. Thanks. Um, <laughs> well, kind of, what have you been up to lately, Pat, with your hunts and stuff? Um, well, actually, first of all, before we get into that, um, what was it like going on the sheep hunts after your injury? And kind of how long after your injury did you go on your first sheep hunt? Because those mountains are brutal, and it takes a lot to go up them. Yeah, um, let's see. I went on my first sheep hunt in... I don't want to miss, I'm so bad with dates. Uh, it was a few years after. Okay. I just remember getting the call. I got the call from Chad Hall about asking if I was interested in doing a show called Sheep Shit. And I mm-hmm. said, absolutely. I didn't know what it didn't know what it entailed. And he's like, do you think you can do a sheep hunt? And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I could do it or not, but I was going to say no. And so, um, I, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, not around the mountains. Never, I wasn't in the mountains or at all, really, as a kid. So I, I didn't really know but all I did I just became a student at that point I I pulled up every YouTube video I could I started reading and I started studying and I started studying you know what muscle groups I'm going to need and 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 so I just I really took it all it became my full-time job and Mm. and uh and I just I busted my ass and and uh yeah it was brutal but it was so worth it yeah um that's the most challenging rewarding hunt on the face of the planet definitely is did you go for doll first I did. I went for Dahl in the Northwest Territories with the Simpsons. Oh, awesome! Yeah, that those mountains are a whole different thing. I remember flying. I remember flying over the mountains, um, going to camp, and I was like, "Wait, I'm hiking these." Um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely crazy. That train up there is some, something different, especially with the shale and all that stuff. It's definitely yeah, not a fun. Yeah, and nobody could really give me any advice because there's really nobody was above the knee. Like, you know, above an EMPT that had really done it. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just kind of, um, you know, I was just kind of praying for the best. I mean, I, I knew that nothing, no matter what, I would never quit or give up or anything. So I was just worried about slipping and falling or something, you know. Yeah. Did um, anything or, happen with your leg or, any, or did it go pretty smooth? No, the, the first hunt went really good. I uh, didn't have any issues at all. Um, even the pack out, I was really adamant about the pack out. And it took me like, I don't know, 11 hours or something to get out. Because uh-huh. I, ca- I carried the head and the orange cape. Um, but anyways, it all went good on that first one. Except for when we were we were caribou hunting. And I stepped in a bog, like down to my knee. And I oh. tried to pull out and my leg came out. But 
I mean, that was about it. <laughs> uh, on the on the hunts after that, though, there was there was one particular one in Wyoming on my on my bighorn hunt where I was on the side of a mountain. We were we were side hilling, and it was mm-hmm. really steep and shaly, and my leg fell off. Yeah. And that was pretty uh, that was pretty uh, hair raising, but um, I don't know. It just makes part of the experience, I guess. Yeah. How many sheep do you have? Those two. I, I killed four sheep. I killed two doll, a desert, and a and a big and a Rocky Mountain bighorn. So I need a fan of Awesome. That's so cool. I didn't. I didn't know that. Why did I not know that? Maybe I didn't. I forgot. But that's so awesome. Are you gonna try and finish your slam anytime soon, or is that kind of? Oh like yeah, I'll sure? finish it. I'll finish it for sure. Um, I don't know when. I, my life is uh, just the, the, it's just gotten hectic. Uh, yeah. You know, before I just worked and I came home and I didn't do much. Now I got uh, some family members that are sick and stuff. So I, I'm, uh, yeah, I don't get to hunt as much as I would like at this point. But yeah, it, mm. it's uh, it's coming in the future for sure. Yeah. I didn't go for Fannin or Stone. Uh, well, you know, that all just depends yeah. on the price. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, he's but yeah. So I did. I did. The, I did four seasons of sheep shape, and uh, the Rocky Mountain hunt was filmed, but it, they didn't. They couldn't hear it because we we were in the Shoshone, and they wouldn't let us hear it. Really? Oh wow! Dang. Where did you get your desert? Here. Oh yeah. Wait, you came up to my house after you got it. I remember now. This is short. It's all coming back right? to me. I'm sorry. I forgot. Yeah, did you some ginkgo? I forgot <laughs> for a second. Exactly right. Sorry, it came back to me. It just took a second. I need a little reminder. <laughs> I forgot. Jen, you're supposed to remember this. Oh. Maybe you should turn your computer yeah, sound on. Yeah, I'm doing other things. Sorry, hold on a second. It's always so funny when you... You're really Never mind, I'm going to forget that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting emails from something else. I don't get out much. People don't forget. Except for to turn their computer off of uh, mute. No, I You can edit that out. Make sure you do. It's okay. I think I'll keep it in. No, um, you won't. You live outside. You'll be living in a van down by the river. That's just that. mean. Yeah. Um, it's supportive. It's Storm exactly. there. Um, well, Timmy's not here to defend himself, so let's talk about when we went long-range shooting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So... Um, Pat was so kind to work with Gunworks, and they donated me a Gunworks rifle um, two years ago. Right, yeah, with other people we don't know about through a GoFundMe page that mm-hmm. you did, Pat, and it was awesome. Yeah, that, that was that was definitely a team effort. There's there was some there's a lot of people that uh, you know that were really inspired by what you were doing, Jen, and and you know that was their that was their way of helping and, and supporting you, and it was uh, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome deal that we were able to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, that gun has killed a lot of things in the few years <laughs> that I have had it. Um, my, my mom's used it. My brothers have used it. My dad's going to use it on his hunt. Uh, yeah, it's definitely killed a lot of things, but it also can shoot very far. Um, so Accurately. All guns can shoot very far, but this one shoots accurately, accurately at long distance. That, that one. Yeah, um, it's definitely a force multiplier for sure. Yeah. Um, I, remember, <coughs> I remember that day we went out shooting... Um, and I was like, I was at school. My friends like, oh, like I was leaving your own like early, and they're like, well, oh, where are you going? I'm like, oh, you know, we're gonna go shooting real quick. And like, only you would leave school to go shooting, Jen. And I was like, yep, that's true. Um, well, it's better than shooting at school. You know what, Dad? We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> don't bring it up. Um, um, but yeah, so we went out with uh, Nick Fisher. What a guy. Um, on and Eddie Corona. And Eddie Corona. Wait, where where was it again? Re or 
It was near Moreno. I don't know. It was far. Uh, so, yeah, we went out there shooting, and me and Timmy went. I don't know why David couldn't go. Maybe he was in college or something. I don't remember. Um, but, yeah, that was a ton of fun. We shot, like, 500 yards and something. I don't honestly remember how far. 200, 300, 600, 900, 000, and 13. Okay, that. Um, <laughs> and so. You know, just to be exact. Mm-hmm. So, we were shooting at 1,300. <laughs> well, we shot all of those, and then, because... Pat was like teaching me how to do a bunch of stuff that I probably don't remember because my dad was there and he does a lot well, of it Well, based now, on the Kuzu, you missed it 330 yards you know the other day. Maybe you don't remember at all. <laughs> <laughs> Father? But she did get it the next time at 335 yards. Exactly. I was just waiting because the other side of the mountain was easier to hike up. So, you know, it was all planned. <laughs> yeah, you've been very proud, Pat. She's laying prone for 10 minutes. You know what? Because we're watching this buck. Um, it was not a very comfortable Finally gives her setup. a position, an angle to shoot at. I'm like, Jen, you okay? Are you on it? Yeah, shoots. And, and it was a pretty steep hill, and I'm watching through the spotting scopes, and it looks like she hits about 18 inches high, and it could have just been the angle of the hill. I'm going to go with the angle. She may have just missed it a little bit high, but clearly she did not. It was way off, especially for her. I mean, she shot her elk at 500 yards. She usually shoots very well. And I was like, Jen, what happened? I mean, what happened with your shot? You had plenty of time to get set up. Were you not comfortable? Oh, not really. I'm like, why not? Oh, I just oh, didn't I feel that. Okay. I'm like, well, then that's when you change your position. You I had did. 10 minutes laying there. I, that was not 10 minutes for the first one. It was 10 minutes. I was oh, laying no, there. It was usually 10 minutes. It was not. Anyway, an that's, I'm editing this Two out. Hours. That's beside the point. I'm going to keep going up as long as you keep arguing. Anyway, so we went shooting. <laughs> and <laughs> we were using that Gunworks rifle. And like I said, it was Timmy and I. And so I just think I shot first at 1,300 yards. And Pat was teaching me, you know, like leaning into the bipod and all that stuff. Um, and then I think it took two or three shots to hit the target, right? Because I had to hold for wind and whatever. Two shots. Yeah, you hit it on the second shot. Oh, really? I thought it was three. Look at me go. Um, and then or maybe the third one. Second right. or third. You it did. was second for sure. I'm, and I'm, it's nice that Patrick has a better memory of what you did than you do, Jennifer. Hey, it's humbler if you say three. Humbler. Okay, that's maybe a word. More humble. Is that Thank better? Thank you. Yeah, perhaps. Anyway, and then Timmy was doing it, and it took him. I was Actually, it came up in my memories of the videos I was taking um, like a couple of days ago. And it also came up in your epic seven and a half hour 18th oh birthday video true. that I just <laughs> prepared for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it was like seven and a half hours. And it has the video of you giving her the rifle mm-hmm. and her shooting with you and all that stuff. But yeah. go ahead and uh, oh, rip on your brother. Yeah, well, it took him, I think, seven shots. But in his defense, he wasn't leaning into the bipod, even though we took like the last. Like, like the sixth and seventh shot, we're like, dude, like, lean into the bipod, and then he kind of figured it out. So he leaned into the bipod, and he got it. But he will, uh, what do you, yeah, call, you call him seven, don't you? It was seven. Go ahead, yeah. Patrick. Yeah, Pat calls him seven. After that, yeah. after the third one, he got really frustrated because he, you'd already beat him. He, <laughs> he was upset. <laughs> so Right. But he yeah, wasn't really paying really. attention. He wasn't in the game as far as being mentored through that. Mm. So. And I said, Timmy, I was watching him. Actually, first I was watching the target. Then I watched him like it, miss number six. I said, Timmy, you have to load the bipod. You have to put your shoulder into it, you know, and have it be more steady. Because he was just sort of leaned back on it. And he did. And then the next shot, he hit it. Mm. But uh, you sort of had some, you cheated, Jennifer. You you had some coaching. You know what? He should have paid attention. Not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) We can still call him James Bond, 007. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. But, no, but that was a ton of fun. And yeah, here, this is Timmy's. This is him introducing himself now. Bob. James Bob. Uh huh. Yeah, he's double seven. <laughs> You're so funny. Yeah, that, that's really good. Yeah, no, but that was a ton of fun. And thank you, Pat, for taking the time out there to teach me how to sh- shoot like that. Um, I've had a couple of far shots on my animals since then, not quite as far as 1,300 yards, but um, it definitely has helped a lot, especially, okay, fine, not the cougars deer hunt, mess that up, whatever, let me talk about it. Um, <laughs> but um, Everybody misses. Thank you. It happens, father. Yeah, maybe so. But the beauty of our family is... People don't forget... That is true. Which is true. <laughs> yeah, they don't forget. Trust me, when I miss, nobody forgets. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens, but it's okay. I it does. The other side of the mountain was easier to hike up. It was a whole plant. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. And I don't know if you know this, <laughs> Pat, but that was, that finished for Arizona Big Ten, that coos deer, so. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's what you're saying. That is awesome. Congratulations on that, Jim. Thank you. It's a, it's a big accomplishment, especially you're the youngest one, right? Um, most likely. We're still waiting on yeah. official confirmation, but yeah. we, we were, what, 18 years in one week? Yeah. So. 18 in like, yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah, a week. Yeah, so. Yeah. But that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. It was a crazy crazy journey the last two i needed was mountain lion and coos deer and i got those both last week so it was a busy fall break <laughs> yeah all nonchalantly you know i've killed all i killed six out of them in the last three and a half weeks <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, yeah and poor jennifer she was so exhausted as she laid sleeping the passenger seat of the car as i drove all the way across the state of arizona east to west and north to south and then you know drove her in, in florida Orlando to uh, where the alligator hunt was. I didn't sleep that time though. Just saying. You know, poor Jennifer. She's so tired. She wakes up. She's got had fourteen hours of sleep, and I've had four. And she's like, "Oh, I'm so tired, Dad. I think I'll sleep in the in the Ranger as we drive around." Hey, it happens. Parenting. What a pain. Sorry, Pat. You had me. <laughs> Actually, technically, your mom claims credit for that. Um, but so, Pat, what's been going on? Cause we when was the last time I saw you? Sheep show? Uh, no. The last time you saw me was when I came out and shot my desert bighorn, wasn't it? No, you're at the sheep show this year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. I need some ginkgo biloba. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it would have been the sheep show. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, you gave a great speech. Oh yeah, we were speech video. buddies. Yes, it was awesome. You, you raised a whole bunch yeah. of money for uh, the Wounded Warrior Outdoors. That yep. was awesome. Yeah, that was that was really neat. And that speech is on YouTube. I'll link that as well. It was a really good speech. Um, yeah, Pat's, Pat, um, really good speaker. I've heard three of his speeches. True. Yes. Uh, I'm not speaking this year. No, I don't think so. It's okay. I don't think I am either. We'll, we'll be in the crowd making fun of the other speakers. No, I'm just no heckling. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll take I'm some lasers. <laughs> 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 Do you have any hunts coming up, Pat? No. Um, really, this year was just this year was kind of uh, kind of so hectic and busy just with the family and all and mm. everything. And now I've got a big move. I'm getting ready to move to Missouri. And, um, yeah, so the, the Alaska the Alaska hunt was all for me this year. Um, I may I may get to get to chase some whitetails late season maybe in Missouri. We'll oh. see. Um, but it's just kind of been a logistical nightmare getting everything to Missouri. 
houses and selling houses and buying houses and all that stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this year was just kind of a last year when it comes to hunting. Next year, I'm not so sure. I don't know yet. Uh, I'm trying to plan out a couple of things, but we'll just kind of see. All right. Where are you moving to in Missouri? Uh, Farmington, Missouri. It's about an hour south of St. Louis. Okay. Fun cool. times. I don't know where that is. Are you excited to move there? I know oh, absolutely. I mean, Missouri's home for me, so. Oh, oh really? Awesome. He's always been, like, yeah. all Texas. And, like, yeah, I'm, Texas, Texas is Texas. I'm going to enjoy it for a while, but I'm ready. I'm ready to go. That's cool. Where is your hunting um, lease relative to where you're going to be moving to? You have a hunting lease? It's about two hours to the west, west-northwest. Oh, that's not bad. That's close. That's a um, weekend. Well, it's, only like, it's only like a 37-minute flight in the airplane. So I already got my airplane up there. And, uh, oh, cool. And then, but so in the next couple of months, if I get a really good break in the weather, then I got to fly this airplane to Boise, Idaho, and sell it, and then I'm going to buy uh, another one, a, a faster six-seater. So Cool. How much do you fly? I fly all the time. Awesome. Fun times. I don't fly. I wish I could fly. You might want to learn how to park first. Jennifer has trouble parking her car. How many parking accidents have you had? Why do I talk? <laughs> I just because uh, it gives me ammunition to I talk know. about you. I should just. Talk. Hey, this is good parenting. <laughs> I. Mm, that's debatable. Well, she does fine driving the car. It's, it's when she goes parking. to park the car, she doesn't see the other cars that are there. That was I don't know one if it's because she can't see over the dashboard or because her I'm eyes are closed because she's <laughs> sleeping. I'm not sure. See, well, I don't. I don't deserve this. <laughs> if you were sleeping, it'd be like. Wake up, Mr. Alec. Rise and shining. <laughs> Wakey, waking, Mr. Alex. Okay, I'm gonna go. Wake up, Alex. <gasps> sorry, Jen. That's I'm sorry if that seemed disrespectful to you on You're your podcast. You're not sorry at all. <laughs> that, that may be true. <laughs> You're living. You're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's mean. Oh, it's nice, but. Uh, no, see, and the thing is, Pat won't defend me either because he'll just start making fun of me too. So well, like, that's why I love Pat because he no makes fun way. of everybody. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's that's what you have to do. I mean, you you gotta you gotta. Yeah, I've heard you make fun of your brother to no end, Jen. Yeah, Jen. Yeah, that's true. But I defend them <laughs> some. I defended Timmy partially. I just said it's because he wasn't leaning into the Bible, so it was a partial defense. You know, just a little. You bring it up to him all the time. I do not. You know what he brings up to me the most? Loser on your forehead with a sharpie <laughs> when you lost the bet in Colorado over deer. That. Oh, that was funny. That and the year before when he shot a bigger deer than I ever have on that ranch. And then he sh- it was an eighth of an inch. Okay, I demand a remeasure. But apparently that's not going to happen. I don't know. We could always do that. But it doesn't matter. For the group of 25 people at deer camp, when Timmy's buck was one-eighth of an inch bigger than yours, and you had to write loser and get a Fu Manchu and a mustache written on your face in Sharpie, which, by the way, for the record, for Patrick and the listeners, I had a little bit of concern that my lovely wife, Carol, would not have been happy that Jennifer had permanent marker on her face for the next week. But uh, fortunately, I hadn't sh- washed you my hadn't face showered in, like, in the, like three days or whatever, so it didn't stick very well. So you took nope. one shower and it was gone, so... I, I got away. I had, free. I had okay. Let's be real here. I had a face scrub, and it washed it off. It's not like 
water just rinsed oh, it off my face. Oh, that's not what you told your brother because you were supposed to wear it on the airplane all the way home. You said it just came off in the shower. No, I did not. You didn't say you had did a face scrub. Well, okay, really. let's not call it a face scrub. It's a face wash with beads in it. She's already changing I didn't her testimony. Think, I didn't think it was going to come <laughs> off. And in my defense, it had a little bit of like the shadow of the Sharpie on my face. <laughs> but just saying. It's okay, we don't need to go into the details. I think we have gone into details, and it was glorious for Timmy. <laughs> that was. It was It was, It was. was mighty big of you, though, to stand up and honor that bet. I will say. Thanks. And because the guy who measured it measured it wrong, and then my dad remeasured it and measured it wrong. Cause the well, guy I didn't measure it wrong. He did the math wrong because he what had Oh, yeah, the, he had the math was the wrong done column. wrong twice. And the first time, they said to me, won by like an inch and three quarters. <laughs> And then my dad said that I won by however much. And then I redid the math like an honest person and realized that I lost by an eighth of an inch. I will give her credit for the honesty. Exactly. She was the most honest yeah. loser at the camp. <laughs> <laughs> well, props to you for letting him write loser on your forehead. I don't know why you think. But let's let's also clarify to Pat that your mom, you and your mom had okay, that bet. No, that is a lie. You're making this up. That was never agreed to. My father claims that my mom and I on the elk hunt had the bet to whoever gets the biggest elk. Um, we did have the bet. No, we didn't. You claimed oh, it Oh, because they didn't bet. shake on it, Pat, so it wasn't We official. never agreed to it. It was your suggestion. We never said yes. And... <laughs> Also, just saying, I would have had the bigger bowl if you didn't tell me to pass up on it twice. I didn't know you were going to fail to hunt something and get something bigger than that. How do you like how I turned that on you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we saw that bowl the first night and the second night. My mom ended up shooting it after it had broken more points off. And my dad goes, don't shoot it. We'll find a bigger one. And then the next night, no, 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 don't shoot it. We'll find a bigger one. The next night, I ended up shooting a bowl that was probably, it was 10 inches bigger than it smaller than the bowl I ended up being, but if the bowl that I had passed up wasn't broken, it would have been like 30 inches smaller. Just saying, it's my dad's fault. The one you got would have been 30 inches smaller. Yeah. But, you know, but I'm proud of you. You did great as the sun was setting on the last day. You made a great shot, but you never know. You never know what you're going to be able to attain unless you push yourself, and you never know what you can get hunting unless you pass things that are, you know, not necessarily as big as you think you might be able to get. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it causes you to lose bets, you know? Hey, that's uh, no, what it is. I didn't exactly. Bad, I mean, she was the number one bad. loser in the bet. There wasn't a bet. <laughs> I bet it was. I bet it could get gambling by the end of the night. I have two to one odds. Nope. Yeah. Five to one? Ten to one? I know. I, I can't believe I don't have that, that movie line. You don't have the movie line? That no, was Dumb I and Dumber. I know. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Can't believe that. Loser. Like oh, that would be you. We have photographic evidence. You should probably put that in your show notes. A picture of you with loser written on your forehead. You know what? I think you can imagine it. All caps loser and a... Was it a Hitler mustache or... No, we're not racist. I mean, we're not uh, Nazis. It was bar handle or something. I don't know. It was just a mustache. Anyway, it was mean. But it's okay because he I, he, he won the bet. But I didn't. Yeah, that's good. And you, you owned up too. You did your part. And now you got to win the next one and make him do the same thing. Right. Yeah. I, I think... Then I think that we were, we should have added like the difficulty of the shot because my shot like my buck was bedded and I had like a little triangle in the branches to shoot him and it was like 400 yards and Timmy's wasn't that as difficult as mine so I said that I should get an inch for difficulty but apparently that was denied. No, it just doesn't. <laughs> you know what we should do is the next time I come out we'll just go back out to the range and we can just settle it that way. Well, no, I agree with that. They need the practice. Uh, okay. I don't know. I'm kind of worried it's going to beat me. 
And by the way, have you heard that David, he drew a Desert Bighorn Sheep Tag? Yeah, yeah he told me. That's that's awesome. Yeah, so he's really pumped about that. And uh, Ooh, if he gets a bigger big sheep than you do, can he write loser on your face? Sure. He'd be welcome to. If he breaks my world record desert sheep, he can write loser on my forehead. Okay. And he can write it on Matt's forehead, too, because Matt will be the guide, and he guided for both of them. Long quiz. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not much math to do there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he, he can't write uh, it on my face, though, because we assume he So he goes, he, in December, he goes on that, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. December 1st, it opens. Yeah. That's exactly awesome. Right. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's cool because... Um, he got his doll sheep a year a year ago in July, and now he's getting this one. So it's really cool. Um, and he's going the, the unit kind of next to where I got my Arizona de- desert sheep. So it's really cool yeah. to be able to kind of um, see him get so pumped for it. See, the thing is, on hunts, I'm not useful. I just sleep. So I feel wait, if wait, I Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you just sleep anyway when you're the hunter. Yeah, I know. Which is why I feel if I went, I would be more of a burden because it's not like I could help glass. Well, you're a burden on the hunts that you're hunting. So how is it well, different? Don't sleep, Jen. Actually, don't sleep. See, maybe... No, you should write that down. We should write that on your forehead, <laughs> the Sharpie, and you can look at it and see it in the mirror. Don't sleep. But if you're maybe not the forehead. We could, we could definitely work it out on your forearm. That way, when you look down, you can say, don't sleep, you know? That's a good point because she's glass. usually looking down right before she falls asleep. As, as her head bobs down, she could read it. You people are so mean. <laughs> like, this is support. This is an intervention. Thanks. Yeah. I think my birthday video was an intervention. Yeah, we'll have to let you watch part of that next time you come out. Yeah, Patrick. not all seven hours, but just just the roasting parts. There were some pretty nice parts, but we'll just we'll just do the roasting parts because that's yeah, the that's only, only part that's that's fun. the only important part. Yeah, exactly right. Thanks, Father. <laughs> all right. Looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well. We kind of, you know, I like having the, just the random conversations, but kind of back to your story, Pat, do you have anything that you want to add that maybe we didn't talk about? Well, yeah, let's talk about this. You said you might uh, consider going into politics. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, how, you know, as a citizen of this wonderful country, I get so disgusted watching <laughs> our politicians and, you know, maybe it's because most of them are attorneys and in general, in my opinion, as a physician, attorneys, they tend to drag issues out, make everything is gray, so they tend to make them more complicated than than logic necessarily dictates, and there are many different ways to interpret words such as is, as in Bill Clinton, I think that was, it depends on what the word is means, but it's painful to watch these guys get nothing done. There are a lot of significant problems that affect this nation, and in general, our elected officials do not address them. They're more concerned with being reelected and advancing their agenda, which in the most case does not have to do with, you know, solving problems. So how how would a person like yourself, uh, an American hero who gets things done and is driven, how would you fit into that morass uh, and uh, swamp, Pat? Um, I would piss everybody off. <laughs> That's a guarantee. That's a um, guarantee. You know, it, it's just it's very unfortunate uh, the, the the way our political. Um, realm has become in this country. I mean, you know, you got guys going in, and that's their career, their career politicians for one. So if you're a career politician, you're not going to do what's right for the country. You're going to do what's right for you. Because you don't lose your job. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're going as a career po- politician and your net worth quadruples in that period when you, when, and when it's public knowledge of how much money you make, I mean, obviously 
there's something going on. And so it's, it's very frustrating when, you know, like the, the VA, for, for instance, the VA is one of the most effed up things there is. And, they, you know, that's all we've been hearing for the last 10 years. Oh, we're fixing, we're fixing. Bullshit. They're not. And right. it's not, and it's not a priority, and it needs to become a priority, and there needs to be somebody in there that's willing to stand up and doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks and mm. speak the truth and tell them how messed up it is. Um, You're right. You and know, I think the big problem is there's not accountability at the VA. If you work at in my practice or most yeah, private there's offices, not. there's accountability. People have to perform at a certain level, and if they don't, they don't make their bonuses or they get replaced. And in general, that's in my opinion, the problem with government jobs is people are protected. They don't. There's not a lot of accountability. You're absolutely right. There, I mean, uh, you're absolutely right. There's no, there's no accountability. There's no um, really threat of if you don't perform, you're, you know, I mean, you're, if you don't perform, you can be the, the biggest performer on the stage and the least performer on the stage, and it, it makes no difference. There's right. no, there's no benefit. There's no benefit to being the best, you know. And so it's very frustrating to me because I, I still work for the government and. Uh, it, it, it's frustrating. I have, I have a hard time uh, dealing with that, and, it, and it's the Mister Nice Guy. You know, we're we're into this new, kinder, gentler um, society, and we see how well that's fair at us. And it, you know, you take our youth nowadays. I mean, they don't want to do anything. The only thing they know how to do is text and play games. They don't want to do anything for themselves. They don't want to work. Right. They. Uh, it, it's it's a very frustrating thing to to watch and. You know, I guess my mentality is, that, you know, I don't know how much difference I can make, but, um, you know, I, it, I'll never forgive myself if I don't try. And so, um, you know, I, I do want to get into politics, and that's that's down the road after I retire from my current job, so nine years or so. Um, but I think, you know, I think that I could be effective in, in certain areas, and, um, you know, every, everybody's going to know my name, not because they... What, you know, necessarily like me or whatever, because I'm not going in there to be liked. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to go in there to affect change and uh, and affect change for the better. And I, you know, I think that's as politicians nowadays. You know, you, you they don't listen to the people. I mean, they, they listen to the people, but then they just blow them off. They go do what they want to do. That's that's just not how it should be. I mean, this is our country. It's not their country. It's our country. And so, as a politician, you're elected to do what the people want you to do. And so. You know, if if everybody had that mentality, I, don't, I think our country would be a much better place at this point. Um, mm. It's so divided right now. Um, I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand the mentality on on the other side of what they're trying to accomplish, other than they just want to control everything, and that's just that's just right. It's, it's about the government. It's for. about power. And obviously, you know, we're conservative. We believe in God. We believe in the United States of America. We believe in sovereignty. We believe in hard work and capitalism and that, you know, God bestowed um, a skill set on each person. And what you do with that skill set and how you achieve is something that that glorifies him. That's what we believe. That's what our family believes. And unfortunately, I think more, more and more of that opinion is not echoed through our politicians and through the media. And that's a whole nother I'll use the word morass again, of, of problems. And it's really scary to me how many youth, how, what percentage of the youth today think that socialism is a good idea. If you want to take, a, if you want to take away somebody's incentive to work hard and achieve, then just take the people that have achieved and lower them to the same level as people who haven't done anything. And you'll remove what has made uh, the motivation for this country to become 
uh, the best country on the planet. You can't treat everybody the same and, and take from the achievers and give them to those that don't do anything and expect people to push through and um, uh, achieve the most <coughs> they can. I just don't believe that it works. I think it's, it's proven to be um, a failure wherever it's been tried, but uh, it's scary how many uh, people coming out of college today who owe a tremendous amount of money for their student loans and aren't necessarily reaping a whole lot of benefit from their college degree have been brainwashed by their professors to believe that socialism is a better option than the American dream, the American way, capitalism, and individual responsibility. Which I didn't, you know, and I don't understand uh, the students nowadays because all you have to do is do a little bit of research and history doesn't lie. And socialism's never worked. Yeah, um, I don't understand how people think this is a good idea. I'm like, you obviously never took econ. Um, and not even, like, the socialism part, but, like, so many other things people think is a good idea. Like, okay, well, you never took econ or never paid attention in it, and then half the history classes you didn't pay attention in because all of this stuff, and my, I've heard many times, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. So I'm like, why would you think this is a good idea? It never has worked in the past. So it's probably not going to work in the future anyway, so we just gave up. But they don't do that, so it's fine, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just not, and it goes against everything this country was founded on. And, you know, there's so many opportunities in this country. If you're willing to sacrifice a little bit, the, the reward can be great. But, you know, unfortunately, the more more time goes on in my life, people are just willing to sacrifice less. And nobody wants to work hard, and nobody wants to, you know, everybody wants something for free. And that's just yeah. not the way, it's not the way it should be. I agree. No. Well, we'll vote for you. <laughs> And I'm 18 now. I can vote. I'll oh, vote no, for you. Oh, no, Jennifer can vote. She's 18. That's okay. Well, she'll <laughs> vote. She can, if she, she can only vote if she can park. Because she's got to drive Pat, to vote. do you want my vote or not? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm trying to help you out here. If she stays awake to get to the polling place and can park You know, they send it to you now in the mail. That's true. So I don't even need to park. And I can Uber. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, they can send anything in the mail now. They can get your groceries delivered to you. Exactly. No parking necessary. <laughs> well, I'll be that thriving. That should be your next tattoo <laughs> on your forehead. And you're not allowed to get tattoos either, by the way. That's mean. <laughs> well, it's you been an awesome parenting shirt. awesome parenting uh, podcast, I, I think. I don't know if I, that's what I would call this. Maybe the last roast of the last, like, 10, 15 minutes of you're, me. You're 18 now, Jennifer, so we can... I can roast you at an adult level. So. You've been doing that for like three years. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting. That's He's right. He's been counting down the days. That's exactly right. He started roasting me at an adult level on the first sheep hunt, and it's just gone up ever since. Here, Jen, this is a little advice for you regarding being roasted as an adult. Uh-huh. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. See, roasting is like <laughs> Fight Club for you. You're going to be so yeah. much stronger after a couple more years of being 18. You'll be, a, you'll be 18. Years of being you'll be 18. 18 for two years just like you were in second grade for two years. Ah, you're hilarious. <laughs> it builds character. Uh-huh. It builds character. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes, uh, Dad, I can't spend more than an hour with you anyway. is why I fall asleep when I'm around you so much. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> Feel the love. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> it was great talking to you, Pat. Um, you know, the whole inspirational part of the podcast and then the roast part of the podcast, you know, both equally entertaining. I feel worse in the second part, but it's whatever. Um, <laughs> but do you have anything <laughs> that you maybe want to mention before 
kind of wrap this up? No, I don't think so. I just, you know, I want to thank you, Jen, for everything that you do. And, uh, you know, you have, you've been an inspiration to me. I love uh, hearing you talk and, and seeing what you do. I love following your progress. And uh, you know, I, I told you from day one that there's great things in your future, and I still think that there's much bigger things than you've accomplished. Well, thank and you. I and I do that. And, I, and uh, for the whole Griego family, I mean, um, I love you all to death. You, just, you've been great. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure to to become friends with everybody. Well, not my dad. No one likes him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, you're an inspiration. Even, you're, yeah. even Frodo. I'll <laughs> even say Frodo's awesome, you know. <laughs> Frodo? Is that a reference from, uh, what is that? Lord of the Rings. Frodo? Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never saw that. Yeah. That, I'm sure it's a compliment. Guy? I'm sure it's a compliment for some tall guy that doesn't get thrown. I've heard that. That scene a couple <laughs> times. Just throw me. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> d- despite your picking on me, which is never nice, but uh, picking on Jennifer is awesome. And, <laughs> and we're grateful to have you as a friend. You're an inspiration. You're a great American. You're a hero. And uh, we wish you the best. And Great you know, future politician. Great future politician. Vote. That's right. Because I can send it in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> we look, for, we look forward well. to seeing you. So good luck with your move and, and keep us posted. We're going to be near your area um you're gonna I'm, be near I'm flying area. into wichita to go deer hunting i'm gonna see steve peoples and he's a loyal listener to the podcast so shout out to steve and uh his help for the wounded warriors and all he does for people that need prosthetics but um yeah hopefully we'll see you soon yeah and hopefully you don't have to see yeah, uh, yeah, eddie corona sure. very often yeah we'll keep in touch and then like i told you i'm gonna i want to come out I, I don't know if i'll be able to do it talk for the first year but we'll see each other at the cheap show for sure and then after that, we'll make a plan and we'll get out and do something. All right. Well, sounds good. And I'm kind of sad I'm moving out of Texas because Baylor and TCU are my top two colleges right now. So I was like, oh, I can go to Texas and see Pat, but apparently not anymore. Um, no, I'll, st- I'll still be down here. Quite okay, sick. Um, yeah. So. Well, if I go to Texas, we'll try and we'll try and hang out. But yeah. Well, just keep me updated and we'll stay in touch. And, and thank you. Yeah, of course, for sure. Um, and thank you for coming on here and taking the time. I hate goodbyes! <laughs> Thanks for cutting me off. Jeez. Um, <laughs> thank you for coming on here and taking your, the time out of your day to come talk to us and know you're busy packing and working and everything like that. Um, it was great talking to you. The, like, you know, normal stuff, the inspirational stuff, and then the mean roasting stuff. It's whatever I'm used to it by now with you people. Um, but thank you for coming on here. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for me the past few years. I've known you the inspiration. Um, the teaching me how to shoot better than my brother, except for that coos deer thing, um, and the gun works rifle itself, and just everything you've done for me, um, and your friendship and everything like that. It has meant so much to me, and I can't wait to, you know, keep you updated and keep up with you. Yeah, and, and same goes for me. I really appreciate it, and uh, like I said, there's big things in, in your future, and I'm excited to follow it. Thank you, and you have my vote. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Good luck with your move. Yeah. All right, later on. All right, bye, Pat. Bye. Yeah, well, I love talking to Pat. Um, he's hilarious, um, obviously a big inspiration, and everything about him, he's a genuine guy. Um, and, you know, uh, it's okay that you guys roast me. It's I don't know what you're actually, talking about. I don't mind if Pat roasts me, because I know he can be nice to me, but I don't know about you. You're Excuse mean. me, didn't I just spend the last two weeks dragging you all over the place and helping you achieve one of your okay. major goals? Okay. 
It's a joke. <laughs> no, but Pat. Um, I miss the childhood Jennifer. This adult 18 year old Jennifer sucks. I don't know. Childhood Jennifer was not that That's great true. of a person. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we have that now documented. <laughs> You've acknowledged that. I've seen videos, and I don't know how you guys dealt with me when I was like seven. That's was, true. You're actually known. nicer now than you used to be, and that's saying something. really is. Um, no, but this isn't about me. It's about Pat. Um, I will link his videos and his speech in the show notes. Uh, he's super inspirational, and I've heard his story many times, and each time I learn something new. So I will link those below. Definitely give those uh, check those out because I love watching them and hearing his story and everything that he goes through, and he's so humble about it. And so getting to hear that story is very inspirational and i'm so glad to have him as a friend and for your listeners if you're ever feeling down and feel like uh life is tough watch pat's video um check out the wounded warrior outdoors Mm -hmm. realize what the american heroes have been through and what they continue to go through once they get home and it'll give you some inspiration and some uh, perspective on what you can do with your life for sure. Um, and to you guys, thank you guys for listening. And please subscribe, review, give me a review, um, comment, or reach out to me on Instagram. Um, I've heard from, uh, from a few of you guys recently, and I love hearing from you guys. Even Timmy's heard from one of you guys, which is a shocker because he's been on like one and a half podcasts. So Yeah, if you want to leave a review as to whether or not you like the new adult over 18 Jennifer <laughs> better than the childhood Jennifer on the podcast, please do. That's mean. You don't need to listen to him. Um, but thank I you guys know your for mom doesn't. <laughs> but thank you guys for listening and yeah please subscribe and reach out to me if you want to hear anything uh i do love hearing from you guys because you know life is short and so am i and i'm just trying to make the most out of every day and i hope that you guys do too i hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one well you better know the bottom if you want to be a climber because there's always another one a little bit higher when I think I'm finally done I'm staring at another one So I reach down deep and I lace them up tighter It was only a mountain Nothing but a big old rock Only a mountain It ain't hard if you don't stop It just took a little step right